0: Hi, I'm Pamela Pims, host of the Good of the Hive podcast, sharing stories from the road about art activist Matt Willey as he paints 50,000 bees in murals and installations around the world. Hi, Matt. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you, Pam?
0: I'm good. I'm really happy to be with you here today, Matt. I know that you are on a mission... And I know that in the last five years, you have already launched 27 murals with over 5,400 individual bees. I know that you have done murals and installations at the Smithsonian and the United Nations and Burt's Bees Global Headquarters, totonia winning Broadway Stars dressing rooms and schools and communities all across the U.S. And I, I want to know how it all got started. I, want, I understand from many magazine articles I've read about you, that it started with one little bee on the floor. Mm and That's how the Good of the Hive got started. So can you just tell me about that?
1: Sure, yeah, I'd love to. The, The Good of the Hive, it really started with one tiny little bee, as you said. It flew into my studio in the East Village of Manhattan in 2008, and this bee landed smack dab in the center of the rug. And she was walking along the floor really slowly. So I had this opportunity to get down there and really hang out with this little bee and study her. And it was the first time I'd ever done that. I really had a fear of getting stung since I was a little kid. Fear of bees in general. You know, I moved away from them, not toward them. And for whatever reason that day, I just got down there and hung out with her. And I noticed some things when I got out my magnifying glass that... I'd never noticed before. She was beautiful. And there was like a cuteness that I'd never noticed. Like <laughs> the, the big eyes, the antenna. It was like, this looks more like a little puppy than a bug to me. And so I just spent a couple of hours hanging out with this little bee and connecting with her. And I had, you know, a real emotional connection with this bee during that time. Mm. And that really began me thinking about bees, researching them and starting to understand them more. Um, yeah, but it was that curiosity that 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 one bee ignited the, the curiosity in me to to go deeper with it.
0: What, what do you think happened that day in particular, rather than just, you know, picking up the bee and flushing it? And what made you stay there with it?
1: It was definitely the beauty that I noticed um, when I got down on the floor and looked at this bee. Like there was something about it that, and there was probably something about me and the time that was open to it. I think when I look back, there was, you know, I'd had a 20 some odd year career in painting murals, but there was, I was seeking something and I wasn't even sure what that was, like, but it when that bee came into my apartment, she sparked something in me that that I I started to follow. I started to research bees and start to get into their behaviors and all of that, just from that one little bee.
0: Goodness, what'd you find out?
1: One of the first things that happened was um, after that little bee died, I put her out in the backyard and I came back in and I just started researching online and I came across colony collapse disorder. And in 2008, it was this huge mystery going on all over the world where millions of bees were dying and no one knew why. And I, that blew me away because I was like, how am I in the middle of Manhattan? This, this globally devastating thing is happening. And I heard nothing about it. I didn't, hadn't seen it on a magazine cover. I hadn't seen it on a newspaper article. Nothing. And so that got me diving deeper, and I came across a behavior of the honeybee called altruistic suicide or altruistic self-removal from the hive. And this is when a bee feels sick it's in the hive, it'll exit the hive and fly off into the abyss for the good of the hive. And that's where the name came from seven years later, but they do this because their immune system they're they're hardwired to understand that their immune system is collective it's based on the health of the hive not the individual bee, not their little individual body so that was like a lightning bolt moment for me where I was like so is ours Mm. you know looking around the east village at all these people when I would go outside and I was like my health is directly related to all of you and you know with recently coronavirus and all this, it's in climate change. We're seeing our own connection to our world and our fellow humans in a different way. And, you know, it's fascinating. It's, it's it changed the paradigm, you know.
0: Definitely. And I think it's so interesting because the fact that you were so present with the bee shows up now. It's indicative, you know, of your work in general. And, and you know, I feel it with you when we talk. You're, you're here with me. And the fact that your work has reached hundreds of thousands of people now, you know, maybe more through social media, but, but around a global issue, um, it seems there's something, you know, to the beauty of reaching people where they are, you know, on their own terms. And, and that's the magic honey in all of this, but you're kind of like a bee in that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There is like, there's definitely, I'm a big believer in presence. Like I'm, um, there is something that happens like when you know, I'm a painter. So when I am painting, I am in a meditative state to some degree. Uh, I, and that experience with the bee may have been, I, I brought something to that in terms of that presence. And then when I, you know, every mural I do, every project is an echo of that experience I had with the bee on the floor. So, I'm really that curiosity that gets, got sparked in me that, that evolved pretty quickly in my mind to a fascination with the world uh, we live in in a different way. My fellow humans started to look different. I started to explore the climate change issues. I started to really think about myself in relation to my world differently. And it wasn't by the bee standing there telling me something. It was by getting present with the thing that was right there with me and so that's what i try and mirror on a mural site i'm standing there painting i'm not even looking at people i'm really looking at the wall with my brush creating a bee and people can walk up and experience the project or the bees or whatever part of it speaks to them on their own terms and i think that's huge in the world of activism right now because You know, there's so many issues going on every day um, around the world that we're supposed to somehow try and process. And I think anytime we can just be present with each other for even a minute or five minutes or an hour, some young people will come and just sit and watch me paint two hours and something happens for them. Sometimes they'll get out a sketchbook or whatever's going on. People take selfies all the time with me in the background. You know, no, I know like, I think
0: it's fabulous because you know you don't just reach one demographic. And that's very cool. And in in the fact that people, you know, really can't handle everything at once with all these issues you're talking about, you know, from systemic issues to climate change and pollination and food systems and you know it's it can be a bit overwhelming. Um and yet you are very good at speaking to the local aspect also. Tell me, tell me about that. Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's the only way really there's certainly if you go to the United Nations level, there, there's a place where leaders need to come together and go and take that out to their own countries or whatever. But there is something about just being a local experience and bringing this an issue like pollination, which is a global issue. Um, with food systems and everything else, just bringing it into focus enough on a local level so people can understand the issue first of all, but then begin to have that same curiosity that could take them on their own journey with it. You know, they might start researching different flowers. There's this great experience I had with this guy one time on a on a project where, he had just been walking by you know like probably a 20 year old guy going to the bus and then coming home from work and he did not look like the type of guy who was going to be into flowers or anything like that. <laughs> and one day he just comes walking up to me toward the end of a project and he's like nice bees." <laughs>
0: <laughs> i love it
1: thanks and he's like me and my mom were talking about you know what you're doing here on this wall and We have, you know, we started looking online at flower species because we've got a little plot of land in the backyard. We're going to plant some flowers for the bees. And we end
0: up in this conversation,
1: me and this 20-year-old kid about, like, you know, flower species.
0: And that's what it is all about.
1: That's it. Like those connections that just, you know, no pun intended, but then they flower elsewhere. There's a ripple effect that happens when you do something with presence locally.
0: Well, what I'm so excited about our continuing conversations is that these sorts of experiences have happened to you over and over with each mural, Mm -hmm. and they're all unique, and they all have a wonderful message, and um, I'm really sorry that we are almost out of time already. (laughs) Um, So the next time, we'll talk about the very first mural, For the Good of the Hive, and the wild series of events that brought that simple idea from one tiny bee, you know, to the journey toward 50,000. Yeah. Awesome. So let's give a teaser, though. Where was this mural, the first one?
1: Yeah, the first one was in Belle, Florida. Mm-hmm. The side of a honey company called, owned by its fifth generation beekeeping family. Harold P. Curtis started it. I think he's 85 years young right now. And um, him and his brother started it five generations ago or something. Wow. Yeah.
0: But they were illegal in town.
1: Yeah, the project when it came about, like, um, basically, they had told me they had no money to do one. They had no, uh town had no money, and murals were illegal. And- okay,
0: I'm stopping you there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stopping you there until we talk again. Anyway, thanks a lot for your time today. Yeah,
1: of course.
0: Okay, cool. Talk to you real soon.
1: I will be here
0: and ready. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining me and Matt for this episode. Remember to follow Matt on his website and other social media at The Good of the Hive.